Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be back with all of our listeners once again as we open up God's Word once more and dig a little bit deeper, learn a little bit more, and grow prayerfully in our faith as we do so. We keep emphasizing that faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. And so on this program, we do exactly as the name suggests. We search the scriptures. We dig deep into God's word, peel the layers of the onion back, so to speak, and not just look at it on a surface level basis, but try to get the deeper meanings of what is really there communicated to us in scripture, God's word. And we need to understand, and we respect it on this program as being God's very word. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. And literally, in the Greek, that means it is God-breathed. All Scripture is God's very Word, and we need to respect it as such. We encourage you to come and check us out at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. We appreciate, we're so thankful that so many of our radio listeners have done that over the years, and many of them have stayed with us and continued to study and grow spiritually with us. We encourage you to do that. Get to know us. Let us get to know you. Study God's Word with us. Worship God with us. Grow spiritually with us. Again, faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. And we want to help you grow in your faith. Our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street, Sunny Slope Church of Christ, 3606 North 108th Street. Now, we encourage you to go to our website at churchofchrist.com and tell everyone you know to do the same. It is free. It always will be free. churchofchrist.com. And click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. Again, it is free. It always will be free. I know a lot of religious broadcasts, ask you or encourage you to send some kind of love offering or some kind of donation, and then they'll send you something they call free. (laughs) Well, that doesn't sound free to us, and we never ask for donations on this radio program, ever. We're not after people's wallets. We want to help as many people as we can get to heaven. So tell everybody you can, you do so yourself, sign up for our podcasting. When you do that, you will automatically receive to your smartphone or whatever other smart device you choose, search the scriptures every day, Monday through Friday. It'll be there. You may not be able to listen every time or every day when it is absolutely, when it is actually broadcast over the air because of your busy schedule, but it'll be there right on your smart device and you can download it and listen to it when you have the opportunity every day. But you'll also receive our Sunday morning Bible class, our Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons, and you will receive what I really consider to be a gem. It's a short, about a 13-minute Bible class every day, seven days a week, called Today's Bible Class. And it really covers extremely pertinent and important matters that deal with uh, that we deal with and that we should be focused upon on a daily basis in our personal lives. All of that will come to your smartphone or whatever other smart device you choose, and it will always be there for free. 
So you can really get into God's word. And as we keep emphasizing, faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. This will really help your faith grow. We want to continue our study talking about seven dangerous nations, seven dangerous nations. Now, we've talked about if if I were to ask you, could you list right off the top of your head seven nations that you think are dangerous in this world right now? They're dangerous to their neighboring nations. Maybe they're dangerous to other nations in other parts of the world, or maybe they're just dangerous in the world in general. Well, you could probably start to name off some just automatically. You might say Russia, China. You might say North Korea. You might say Iran, Iraq, or Syria. You might name some others. If you went back into history, you might remember some nations that were that were uh, uh, instigators in World World Wars One and Two, such as Germany and Japan, uh, Italy in World War Two. But you, you might go even farther back and start thinking about other nations that were, oh, they, they were nations who tried to conquer nations around them, and they were dangerous nations. But then from a different perspective, you might say, well, you know, I want us to also think about nations in which it is dangerous to live right now. Now, there may not be nations that are seeking to conquer other nations around them, And so not dangerous nations from that perspective, but they're dangerous nations to live in. And especially if I want to be free, and especially if I want to live an open Christian lifestyle and even teach people God's word, those would be nations that would be dangerous for me to live in. And so you might name, you know, a number of the nations in the Middle East. You might name some nations in Africa. You might say not from the spiritual perspective, but dangerous because of violence and crime, you might say some parts of Mexico, uh, some parts of Venezuela. And then some people would say, and let me tell you, there are places, especially some big cities in the United States that are dangerous places to live in if you're not careful because of the crime and the violence that are, that are so prevalent within those cities. I'd nod my head in agreement. Yeah. Well, again, what I've tried to get across, I'm not talking about literal geographic nations in this study. It's an interesting exercise to think about it from that perspective, but that's not really what I'm talking about. I'm talking about seven dangerous nations that are personally dangerous and threatening to each of us on an individual basis. A play on words is what I'm using. I started with abominations, practices that are sinful, that are evil, that are wicked, that God refers to in the scriptures as being abominations to him. Moses talked about some of those that were related to the worship of idols as he was ready to lead or usher into the promised land, the nation of Israel, way back thousands and thousands of years ago. Abominations. Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 9 through 13. But also Solomon, the wise man, who had such a part in writing the book of Proverbs, 
in Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 through 19, he listed seven evil, sinful practices that he said are abominations before God. And some of those would make our eyes open wide and our ears perk up because we see those practiced all around us all the time. And he begins with ungodly pride, haughtiness, arrogance. We'd say, well, that's an abomination before God? Yep, sure is. Solomon said so. And he wrote it by inspiration. That is, he was guided to write it as God's very word, guided through the Holy Spirit to write that. Then the, the second dangerous nation that we talked about was contamination. We're not talking about contamination through some deadly virus or contagious bacteria. We're not talking about contamination through nuclear fallout or toxic materials or just getting real dirty and smelly. We're not talking about that kind of contamination. We're talking about being contaminated by the sinful and ungodly ways of this world. The world is under the sway of the wicked one, that is the devil. The scriptures tell us that. But God wants us, and he created all of us, all of humanity, in his own image with a soul. He wants us to walk with him in righteousness, in godliness, in faithfulness, so that we can be with him in heaven forever. The devil is like that roaring lion, Peter says, walking about seeking whom he may devour. He wants our eternal condemnation in hell. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. But we can resist him steadfast, effectively, through our faith in God. And our determination, faithfulness, that is walking with God faithfully and consistently, day in and day out. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 9. Well, Paul listed a whole long list of worldly practices in Galatians 5, verses 19 through 21. Now, some of them we would say, oh, yeah, those are heinous, that's murder, and so on. But there are others we see all around us practiced on a common basis, such as adultery, fornication, lying, mm, hatred, dissensions, yeah, and the list goes on. And he said, those kinds of of practices and lifestyles will keep us out of heaven. John wrote, the apostle John wrote in 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, that uh, the ways of the world, they are in contradiction to the ways of godly living. And he said, this world is coming to an end. In James chapter 1 and verse 27, James said, we need to keep ourselves unspotted from the world. And in chapter 4 and verse 4, he says friendship with the world puts us in a position of strife with God. So the first two dangerous nations that we need to stay out of, abominations, practices that are abominations before God, and contamination. We need to not allow ourselves to be contaminated with the ways of the world, with worldly living. We're talking about sinfulness. The third nation that we need to stay out of is procrastination. <laughs> a lot of people, they would just kind of smile and maybe chuckle a little bit because we probably 
pretty much all of us know some people who are procrastinators. In fact, probably most of us have procrastinated at one time or another, or maybe a few times, or maybe several times in our lives about one thing or another. Procrastinators, procrastination. That practice, procrastination, is when we put ourselves in grave danger by putting off especially becoming a Christian or putting off living faithfully and serving God actively as a Christian. We keep procrastinating. Procrastination can lead to becoming sinful in God's eyes and keep us out of heaven. Let's look at a couple of examples of procrastination from the scriptures. When we turn to Acts chapter 24, Acts chapter 24, we find the Apostle Paul as a prisoner in custody of the Roman governor of that area, Felix. Now, Felix is married to a woman named Drusilla. Felix is Roman. She's Jewish. And history tells us, I believe, that they were in an adulterous relationship. Even though they were married, Drusilla had been married to somebody else. Now, beginning with verse 24, after some days, again, Acts chapter 24, after some, after some days when Felix came with his wife Drusilla, who was Jewish, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. Now, if the text finished right there, we would admire Felix, the Roman governor, because we think, okay, Felix wanted to learn about faith in Christ, about Christianity. And I believe we can understand that he did indeed want to learn that. But that was not the end of the text. After some days, when Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, who was Jewish, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. Now, as he reasoned, that is, as Paul reasoned, about righteousness, self-control, and judgment to come, (laughs) Felix had some problems here, didn't he? Felix was afraid and answered, go away for now, when I have a convenient time I will call for you. Felix procrastinated. Felix was in that dangerous dangerous nation of procrastination. He had heard Paul preach about righteousness in Christ and probably forgiveness through Christ. But Felix found himself a man who needed to pay attention to those particular teachings because he was living in sin. Oh, he was afraid. It disturbed him, caused him some emotional stress right then. And so he procrastinated and told Paul, go away for now. I'll call you when it's a convenient time. Now, if we read the further text, we'd see that Felix did call for Paul different times, listened to him, but we never see where he obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ. He was in that nation of that dangerous nation, a procrastination. Now, when we look at Acts chapter 26, we find Paul 
before another government official, this time a Jewish man who is king, and his name was Agrippa. A different Roman governor had come into power. His name was Festus. And Paul, by his right as a Roman citizen, had appealed to be sent to Caesar for an ultimate hearing as to his innocence or guilt. And Festus was compelled, as Roman governor of the land at that time, to send him to Caesar. But Festus, like Felix, was Roman. And Festus really apparently did not understand very well what the charges were against Paul. The charges were brought against him by the Jewish leadership back in Jerusalem. And Festus was not a Jew. He, did, he, did not, he was not a Christian either. And so he called for Agrippa to come and listen to Paul and help Festus better understand what all this was about. Because Festus did not want to look bad in his governing role before Caesar back in Rome. And so Paul began to present his defense. And basically, he just preached the gospel. Now, when it comes down to Paul calling upon King Agrippa, who had heard about Christ, King Agrippa knew the Old Testament prophecies about the coming Savior. And so Paul ultimately, pointedly, asked Agrippa for a commitment. In verse 27 of Acts chapter 26, Paul said, King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? They were prophesying over and over and over and over and over again about the coming Savior. And Paul was saying, he's here, or he came. Do you believe the prophets? Now, you might imagine a pregnant pause right here. Agrippa's not answering. And Paul may have just let the silence linger for several seconds for effect. But Paul spoke up and said, I know that you do believe. And so ideally, we would expect Agrippa to say, you're right, I do believe. You've convinced me. I'm ready to become a Christian. But no. Verse 28, then Agrippa said to Paul, you almost persuade me to become a Christian. Now, because of the Greek wording there, there are some who take that to mean Paul genuinely almost persuaded Agrippa to obey the gospel and become a Christian, to be baptized into Christ, to change his ways. Others would say, I don't, I don't think that's the sense of the Greek there. And one translation says, Agrippa saying, in a short time you would feign to make me a Christian? Kind of a sarcastic statement. You think in a short time you can convert me? Might be the sense that we would put it more contemporarily in our language today. Well, whichever way it was, Agrippa had heard the truth. He had heard the gospel message 
of Jesus Christ being the Son of God and the Savior of mankind. But he did not obey, and we could see that as procrastination. Even though he had been taught, and it very well might have had some profound effect upon him, he did not respond in obedience. Now, listen to what James wrote in James chapter 4 and verse 17. Therefore, to him who knows to do good, or we could also understand that as saying, to him who knows what is right to do and does not do it, to him it is sin. What is procrastination? You know you need to do something, but you put it off. And the very skilled procrastinator keeps putting it off over and over and over and over again. When it comes to our spiritual lives, knowing that we need to repent, that we need to come to God through Jesus Christ, being baptized into him, Romans 6 and verse 3, for the remission of our sins, Acts 2 and verse 38, so we can be born again, John chapter 3, verses 3 through 5, and become a new creation spiritually, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17, and to keep putting it off, even though we know what we need to do, we're in that dangerous nation of procrastination. And if we stay therein, we will be doomed eternally. Procrastination. The third dangerous nation to stay out of. Let's pray. Father, please bless us, guide us, strengthen us, help us to see the dangers of putting off what you want us to do. Help us to not be in that state of procrastination, which basically means disobedience to you. Please guide us, Father. Please forgive us, gracious Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.